You're listening to the Staffing at Tiffany's Experience, behind the scenes of household staff. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Staffing at Tiffany's Experience. I'm Tiffany Kinder, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrea Brudig, Director of Placement. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Tiffany. Glad to be here today. Glad you're here. Today, we have a great guest. We have Ann Abbott, who's going to talk about a day in the life of estate management for celebrities. And we're happy to have her here. Hi, Ann. How are you? Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Andrea. But nice to see you both in person and listen to you both at the same time. Happy to be here. Great. We're glad to have you. Thank you. And do you want to just share a little bit about your background and how you became an estate manager? Sure. I have been doing this for 25 plus years. I originally had a little tiny shop in New York City in, on the Upper East Side. And one day a man came in and asked me if I could wrap presents for him, divorce, three kids, happened to live across the street. And I said, sure. And I was always doing flowers for him. Then I started doing helping him with dinner parties. And then when I decided to close my shop, he asked me to come work for him and as an assistant. And I worked out of his home. I thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever done in my entire life. And went and worked and got a job with Cologne Picasso as a director of PR. And that only lasted about a year because she they went out of business in New York City with her. It was an accessories business. So I went back working for the principal I worked for originally. And then when his lifestyle changed after many years, I got another job with someone on the Upper East Side. I worked for her for seven years. I've worked for various principals for long term. And so I kind of just fell into it by accident. And several of the principals I worked for had multiple homes. So I started out as a PA. And then it involved in PA slash house manager. And then the job I had before this one was purely estate management. I didn't have to deal with any of the travel arrangements or nanny schedules or anything like that. Interesting. Thank you so much, Anne, for that intro. Uh, What skills and qualities do you think are most important for someone who wants to become an estate manager for celebrities? Number one, common sense, patience, understanding that you are not the celebrity. A lot of people I've discovered working for a celebrity think that they are the celebrity. Keep in mind that you are the service. You're the background. You are not the, you know, you're not the celebrity. Someone that is prepared to do anything that needs to be done, be it dinner parties coming, you need to set, quickly set the table, or you know, you notice that a drapery panel has come unsewn or is torn and you fix that. So just somebody that's patient, handy, common sense, those are really and quick on your feet kind of things, because things do change on a dime more so with a celebrity I found than with I'll just put this quote unquote normal principles. So thank you. I'm hearing so much about that ability to pivot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, especially working for a celebrity, 
large staff, 20 plus people, security, nannies, drivers, housekeeping, chefs. I mean, just tons of people, tons of different personalities and things go wrong. Things change on a dime. So it's really, you just need to be patient and somebody that doesn't, you know, stays calm, doesn't get flustered. Yeah. That's a, that's another one is for sure to stay calm. Yeah, definitely. What do you think some of the biggest misconceptions people have about work of the role of an estate manager for celebrities? They think it's glamorous. It is not glamorous. I have broken feet, fingers, toes, elbow, Ouch. <laughs> moving things around, doing putting furniture together or doing whatever needs to be done, crawling on my hands and knees to get something. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's not a glamorous job. You also in New York City where I was working for that particular celebrity and being that it was in a building and this apartment was the penthouse. So all the surrounding buildings knew who lived in that apartment and knew who I was because I'd be covering, uncovering outdoor furniture out on the terrace, or I would be working with the landscape people on directing things that you know needed to be done out there. So people would stop me on the street and like, oh, I know who you work for. And it's like, what are they like? And do you think I can come up? And yeah, it's, I came out one day. It was the end of the day. And this woman was right next to me as we're walking on the sidewalk. She goes, she goes, oh, I saw you this morning. I'm like, excuse me? And she said, I saw you out on the terrace. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. You know, it's like, yeah, it's polite, but it's like. I cannot talk to you about this. So, of yeah. course. Yeah, it's a little crazy. That's where NDAs come into play. It does, but even that doesn't stop people. It's amazing how many vendors or how many owners of companies would come in and just become goo goo gaga. It's like they'd be professional before they got off the elevator and then suddenly they come into the apartment and it's like all bets were off. I've never seen anything like it happen multiple times. So I would tell people no photos. People would ask me questions. Where do they sleep? Where's their bedroom? It was unbelievable. Unbelievable what people just lose all, I don't know what it is, but they just, they forget NEAs, you don't ask those questions about people. You don't do that to other regular, normal principles either. So, but yeah, a lot of people like go goo goo gaga over celebrities for some reason. You know, and I had a similar experience myself in my journey as a professional career nanny before I became a placement coordinator. I was in Soho, New York, and I was nannying for a very popular musician in the 1980s. And in this loft building, not only did he and his family live, but there were also some other uh, different celebrities in the building. And I often would come down with the double stroller in the very unique elevator and I would have people stop me. And so I can relate to what you're saying just from part of my journey, pre-placement coordinator world, pre-agency owner, pre-doing this because I recognize that feeling and it's it's awkward. And I, you said New York, I said New York. I don't know if it's 
just in New York, but it happened to both of us. So probably LA too. I can't tell you how many when Dima was around, you know, I would go to very you know, to the monthly meetings and there would be people that would come would visit. This is no reflection on LA people, but there would be estate managers, house managers that would come for uh, you know, a New York event from they'd come from LA and I mean, they were just name dropping, like no big deal. It's like, I don't know if they don't have to sign NDAs out there, but it's a different New York and and LA are two different ways of treating or working with celebrities out there. It's like they try to name drop as many people as they can. I've even dealt with headhunters from LA that they're doing the same. It's like, they're all obsessed with it. It's really crazy. I'm like, I'm not on any social media. I try to stay off of everything. I'm, I want to be as incognito as possible. I don't want anybody knowing who I work for. There's too much craziness out there with celebrity people. That's true. Yeah. And that brings me to, I wanted to ask you, Anne, how do you stay up to date on the latest trends and technologies in estate management? The vendors. We all have AV vendors and we all have mechanical vendors. And generally with these big properties, there's something going wrong, if not daily, almost weekly. So (laughs) I've found that my vendors, wherever I've been, have always been excellent at recommending upgrades. This system, we're doing it something a little bit different. I mean, obviously you don't change a whole system. You don't go from... Crestron to Savant or anything like that. You don't make principals have systems that they like generally, but I've found that the vendors are really my best source for whatever is going on. I also schedule several times a year for maintenance and upgrades and that type of thing so that we do stay on top of things. And again, Things are always going wrong. It's like you can have the people in and an hour later, the principals walk in, turn on the TV and it's not working. You know, it's so there's always uh, something going on. But yeah, the vendors, the AV people and, and computer people are always the best bet for keeping things up to date and telling you what you need to do or how things need to change. Definitely. So what is maybe some of the most unique or unusual requests that you've received as being a celebrity estate manager? Hmm. Well, (laughs) okay. There was a gym in the apartment and one day I got a call saying from the personal assistant saying that Mrs. wants the gym turned into a nursery And the only thing that needed to be done was they wanted to use the same wallpaper that was in the other child's bedroom that had been wallpapered probably six years before. And no one had any information on anything as far as where that wallpaper came from, who made it, whatever. So... I did turn the gym into, I was able to find the wallpaper by just Googling certain terms. It was flocked, it was raised in color, and I was, believe it or not, able to source the wallpaper. I turned the dry sauna that was in the gym into a closet 
with a with a cedar closet because it was already cedar, but obviously there were parts in there that weren't completely cedar, which is where the bench was and where the heating tank was and that, that type of thing. So I had to have my contractor source the right kind of cedar that would be similar in look to what was there existing and the floor just in case for you know in new york city you always have to think of resale value so i said what can we do to the floor and they said well so that if somebody wanted to use it as go back to a gym and a cedar i mean into a sauna a dry sauna what do we need to do so they capped off the drainage hole and we put in a floating cedar floor so that, and then on top of that, we laid an ebony floor that matched the bedroom or the floor of the gym slash became a nursery. So, yeah, so that was quite a little project. I had about six weeks to do that. Would love to see the before and after pictures on that project, Anne. Oh, it was it was fun because it's like the only direction I had was the wallpaper. It's like that's it, and I'm like, okay. So yeah, I bought dressers. I had great shelving built in the closet for supplies of diapers and baby clothes and that type of thing. So yeah, everybody was happy. I would have heard something if they weren't. Un- I mean, if they were unhappy, but. Everybody was happy. The nannies were happy that they had a place they could go. And there was something with the bathroom I had to change as well. I can't remember what that is at the moment, but there was something with the bathroom I had to change. It had a walk-in shower, but somehow there was something I had to do so that they could wash the baby in the shower while the nannies taking a shower kind of thing. Well, it seems like almost like an interior designer would need to do this project. You did this by yourself? I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I also used, a great, also used a great company that I said, this is what I want. And that's what we did. And they said, okay. Oh yeah. And I had to have it soundproofed as well. So we had to soundproof the walls, as many walls could be. Oh, there was also, of course, there was the mirror that covered one entire wall that had to come out. So yeah, it was big. It was a big project. At first they decided they wanted to have a camera in there to be like a nanny cam to watch the baby. But then of course, as soon as they walked in, brought the child home, we taped up the camera because they were afraid of the Wi-Fi or the camera being hijacked. So so, but it's there if somebody wants to use it down the road. They still own the apartment, so so far we're good. But yeah, no, I love interior stuff. So you know, within reason, I did things, and it was weird. Nobody asked me. If, I mean, for a budget, nothing. And I, I don't care how much money someone has. I'm very conscious of how I spend their money, and so I did resource everything as cost-effective as possible, and they were happy, and I didn't get any pushback from the family office or anything, so it worked out fine. So if a celebrity is looking for an estate manager for the first time, what kind of advice would you give to a celebrity? Well, you definitely, I mean, if they're a good read on per people, they definitely need someone that's not phased by the person being a celebrity, and and I'm sure 
Andre, you know this, and Tiffany, you know this. I've, you can hire staff who say that you can not even tell them who it's for, but I mean, in the case of New York, they could Google and they could figure out whose apartment or who lived in the building. But, you know, people will say, no, I don't care who I work for. I just want to come in, do my job, get paid. You just never know who's going to go crazy when they walk in the door. I actually had to, I would say, really rely on your recruiter, your headhunter. I think that's really because, but from my experience, there's not a lot of good thought on who should be around them or who shouldn't be around them. And I would say they need to listen to the recruiter. And what I've said to you guys that I think is amazing is that you don't present a dozen different people. You really search out who you think best fit for your client. And that's who you present. And I know that your numbers are amazing as far as how many people that that actually works for. So I would say that they should definitely listen to their recruiter. And if it's somebody like you and Andrea, then I would say they're in good hands and they should no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not trying to BS you or anything. I mean, I think it's, I've dealt with enough people and I think that's probably the kindest, nicest and the best experience. I mean, best advice you can give a celebrity because they're not always a good judge of people. They keep a lot of people around them that are scamming them or stealing from them or misadvising them and the people that they should be trusting sometimes they don't. So I would say listen to your recruiter. I mean, they're not going to put somebody in there that's going to go crazy, start coveting all of your clothes and accessories and and just want to be in photo ops with you and that type of thing. I think I think you guys are the first lat and only really is is where they should go is is to listen to the you know, listen to their recruiter. Thank you so much for that compliment. And with our four decades of combined experience and our passion for the industry, I've always said our advocates for our candidates just as well as advocates for our clients. And thank you for the compliment. No, it's, it's true. I mean, I mean it. I mean, yeah, I could get in front of somebody and that's a celebrity and it's like, it doesn't phase me. I've never been, I just want to come in do a great job and be, you don't have to say thank you, but at least appreciate that somebody's got your back trying to keep costs down, trying to keep staff that are happy. I can tell people that that doesn't really mean anything. I think it has to come from you and, and Tiffany. So absolutely. That's my feeling. I'm going to ask you so. Listeners probably, they're intrigued. This is an intriguing topic working for celebrities, but. Just in general, could you walk us through a day in the life? Like what might a hypothetical day look like for you? It can start out normal. <laughs> As in you walk out, the, you walk in the door, you say hello to the housekeepers and you ask, hey, if they're there before me, I always say, is the chef here? Is he making breakfast? Are the principals up? Are the kids up? So you start that off and then you go to 
your little office in the laundry room or the mechanical room or the garage or wherever it is. Your glorious office space? Exactly. Yeah. With no window. Okay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and breaker boxes buzzing in your ears. And you just, you generally you come in, you've got a few things you have to do or start off that from the day before, whatever, a lot of follow-up calls and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it's just, you start doing your stuff and then really things just start morphing and happening around you. Some days are calm, some days are not. But with the particular people that I worked for, there was, like I said, there was, it was a huge staff, a staff of people between security drivers and various, you know, nannies, a couple of chefs at time, the housekeepers. Then you've got building staff, packages are coming, they're stylists, everybody's coming in and out. A lot of times the personal assistants don't communicate, hey, somebody's, the hairdresser's coming up, it makes sure he can get on the elevator because it's a keyed elevator. Not, communication wasn't always, so there was always a lot of surprises during the day. Definitely have to be up for surprises. So I just ask to share that because there are people that they'll even apply or say they're interested in doing a job like this because they think it's glamorous or they think it would be fun. And it's it's really, I mean, we understand this as well as you do, that this is very, this role isn't, you don't just do this, you know, you work your way up to it and you really have to understand all what goes in and out of household management and just putting out fires and knowing what to do and when to do it and how to do it. So I applaud you because it it is not an easy job and it's not all glamorous, but it's it's interesting, right? (laughs) Definitely. Never a dull moment. Never. That's why I like doing private service because it is, every day is different. You never know what the day is going to bring. You never know what systems are going to fail in the house when the principals are there and they've got key stuff going on or they've got people coming. So yeah, you just have to stay calm and you have to have great vendors that first and foremost, you have to be really nice to your vendors because when you need somebody to be there at one o'clock in the morning because the nanny is hearing water coming down around the ceiling. <laughs> you need somebody to meet you there, you know, to take care of it while the principals are upstairs sleeping. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for just behind the scenes a little bit on estate management for celebrities. We really appreciate your time and everything that you do for the industry. And we just thank you for, for coming on. Yes, likewise. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will be in touch. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Staffing at Tiffany's Experience. Please share our podcast and stay tuned for more episodes. Visit us at staffingattiffany's.com. At